Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Leafs, Blackhawks tonight, Scotiabank Arena, as Austin Matthews looks to become the first player in NHL history with three straight hat-tricks, end of sentence, period, uh, and certainly to, to start a season. We were talking about celebrations earlier. Like, there's something to be said for, like, just an organic fist pump, oh. the way Matthews goes down to one knee. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. He also has his little... Uh... Although Marner's kind of been stealing it from him a little too. He also has what I like to refer to as like the saucy dap where he like really cocks that wrist when he goes for the flyby yes. on the bench there. He yeah. loves that one. But Matthews dropping to one knee with like a big over the top. It almost looks like a pitching motion into yes. the fist pump. Yes. Uh, that is his signature. Truly. Yeah, that's a good one. And you know, I was just thinking about him a lot this weekend. And oh, were you? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> honestly, you don't want to know how often that it is just, you don't want to know how often that sentence could be said at any time of the year. Yes. Because I do, it seems weird to say about a guy who is getting universally lauded and rightfully so, but maybe this is overkill, but finally properly rated. I feel like we have this thing here where we are so hesitant that unless it is going 1 million percent perfect mm. we're so hesitant to do the lotting like did it happen in the 60 goal season yeah it did 1000 percent but when the playoff the first round against tampa there was so much nervousness and mm. he was nails in that series he had five goals in it and it was and then a what team happened? effort yeah and then what happened and he rightfully so wore a lot of that like i do think he wore that but it does seem like maybe it's the contract maybe it's that there's a hesitancy from people elsewhere in the country to hype up things that are happening in Toronto. But I do feel like there is at times a hesitancy to laud this guy, not laud him in general, but to the level that he should be. And it's just, it feels like, it feels like with the contract in the rearview mirror, everyone now feels safe to do so because they're not really protecting themselves from the what if. In my mind's eye. I, I think disagree. it's a straw man. Like, okay. I think just about everybody says this is the greatest player in franchise yes, history. Yes, but it said, but it said, <laughs> what? With the ca- it always <laughs> feels like. But? Yes, it does. It is always the butt of greatest player in franchise history. Should he ever accomplish anything, which is a fair ca- yeah. caveat to have. But it's a, is he the greatest player or the greatest resume? Because I have seen it. That is the greatest player. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Dave Keon. I'm sorry, Matt Sundin. I am sorry, Daryl Sittler. Yeah, yeah wow. don't worry. I was going to get him in okay. there, okay? Sorry, Wendell Clark. I'm sorry, Dougie, okay? I'm sorry. You know what? I'm sorry, Ty, okay? Just, we'll just lump everybody <laughs> okay, in there, okay? Sure, sure. That's the greatest. So, yes, resume-wise, he has to do the thing. He has to lift the mug, all that stuff. But I do feel like there is a touch of hesitancy. And I think it's a a million different things. It's the down year last year. It was the contract weighing over. It's the fact that he has a penchant to miss his 10 or 15 games in a season. I think these are all things that kind of hold people back, almost protecting themselves. But if you think that's a straw man, then that's fair. I can hear it. Yeah. I think he's properly rated. I will say, though, as far as, I mean, from the franchise's perspective, I I think most people that get to watch him 82 times a regular season and then however many games in the postseason understand how great this guy can be. And the resume since he, again, stepped onto a National Hockey League ice surface Speaks for itself. He scored mm-hmm. the most goals. And by far, yeah. the most five-on-five five goals. I, I was doing some looking at numbers yesterday, and, and maybe people know <laughs> As this. As you would. Yeah, I know. Well, somebody has to. <laughs> uh, Not going to be me. <laughs> I, I, I don't I guess people knew this, and I, the response I got on Twitter was that people did, that mm. Alex Ovechkin and, and Austin Matthews have the same birthday. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, September 17th. They, they had the same... Obviously. I know he's grown in San Ramon, California. That much I do know, but the date I didn't have. Okay, so we can 
talk about these two greatest goal scorers of their generation, and maybe when it's all said and done, Alex Ovechkin. What happened will... to me? I was born ten days after that on a different year. But what yeah, happened to me? No, things change. I guess when we were talking about the astrological, they had symbols to make a guy so ten bad days. ten days later. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> ten days later, we better make sure the world normal. needs to even itself out, right? <laughs> like, there's some balance in the universe, so that that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, Alex Ovechkin is. I think unquestionably the greatest goal scorer of this generation. Uh-huh. Again, like what it's all said and done might be the greatest goal scorer in history, which is insane considering how different the eras uh-huh. were yes. between uh, Ovechkin and Wayne Gretzky. All right, here are the numbers uh-huh. after seven seasons because uh, we're into season eight for, for Matthews. He's obviously off to a better start than Ovechkin was in year eight, but through seven seasons, Matthews had 299 goals. Ovechkin had more. He had 339 but even strength, mm. right there. Ovechkin, 224. Austin Matthews, 223. They were essentially the exact same even strength goal scorers through their first seven seasons of National Hockey League play. The thing that makes Ovechkin special is the peaks, for sure, but it's also the longevity, and I think that's the thing that that's going to allow Matthews to put himself anywhere near that conversation. I mean, it's like, is he going to get 500 goals? Of course he is, but beyond that, who knows? Because longevity is far from promised, and hey, as much as we all love the player, that has probably been the biggest knock on him, is that there has been the pension for missing the 10, 15 yep. games a year, and that's the difference between him and Ovechkin, honestly. Yep. Uh, it's And uh, track record just goes without saying, but... In terms of the seven years, like you laid out, it's right there. Yeah, and Ovechkin uh, eventually got his Stanley Cup. Uh, We'll see if that happens for Austin Matthews throughout the course of his career. All right, this insider is brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect uh, expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Today's insider is Frank Saravelli, who has one eye on Austin Matthews in the pursuit of history and one eye on the Philadelphia Phillies, who play game one of the (laughs) NLCS. Late today, maybe a game that you're going to be at. Frank, how are you going to manage this tonight? Oh, I'm going to manage just fine. Trust me. (laughs) Okay, good for you. With beverage in hand, most likely. All right, so you're not there? You're not not uh, at the ballpark tonight? I will be there tonight. Oh, attaboy. Love it. Uh, that's uh, again the the most exciting team uh, still going in the in the playoffs. Um, it's 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 actually capturing um, everyone in this this town. So I said I said to my wife yesterday. I said oh, I got two tickets tomorrow night. What you know? What should I do? Like, and I was kind of like I was kind of hoping that she'd be like, hey. No problem. Ask a friend, like whatever you want to do. She's like, "Hey, I'm going." (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sorry, I even asked that. (laughs) Well, uh, we'll be looking for for you and the misses tonight uh, at the game. Um, Leaf fans will be watching the Leaf game and then uh, flipping over uh, to Sportsnet One after afterwards uh, to watch that that baseball game. Austin Matthews becoming the second player in the last hundred years to start a season with a couple of, uh, of hat tricks. It's yeah. This is a guy that scored 60 goals. Nobody questions how great he can be, but now like the imagination starts to start to unfurl a little bit here, Frank, like, is it unreasonable to have like the 70 talk around Matthews? Sources say six goals in two games. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, is it unreasonable? No. Austin or Connor McDavid got there. You got close or within the conversation of it last year at 64. I mean, to think that someone couldn't do it. I, I mean, in today's NHL, it's entirely possible. I think what's way more interesting than any number that you want to put it, put on it right now is this. There was for the longest time around Austin Matthews, there was an aura of invincibility. 
he just had this like bulletproof swag. That's the only way I can describe it. And I hate the word swag, but he had something <laughs> when he walked into the rink that it was like, don't mess with this guy. And last year it wasn't there, whether it was injury related or whatever it was. And it never showed up. And there was always a, 40 goals, yeah, but he plays really good defense. And 40 goals, yeah, but this might be what they actually need in order to win in the playoffs. Always a yeah, but. that That is back, that aura of invincibility. And that is a really powerful drug for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, boy, is it. And uh, this is, uh, boy, it leads us perfectly into what has been a big, big topic of conversation through the first two games of Leafland is what do you position that to, right? Some people will say that's a guy who got the contract behind him. Maybe somebody who, uh, whether he says it or not, is bothered by that kind of thing. Some people have been pointing to a guy in Ryan Reeves who is pretty tough, and maybe that makes a team feel tougher. My theory on it has been this is a 26-year-old who is in the peak of his powers, and, you know, sometimes something just clicks for a guy and you just become a man and not to say he wasn't one before, but I just think it's kind of the, another step in the, the maturation process. Uh, is there, what do you make of the reasons for, for, and it's two games, who knows he could, you know, he could go dormant for a couple here, but if this is a different Matthews or a return to that Matthews, what's, what reason uh, do you lend the most credence to health, purely yeah. health, because it kind of makes me feel that anyone criticizing him last year and certainly he didn't come out and say it and he still played 74 games, which was actually close to a career high second most games played that he's had in a season. And I think a lot of people were looking at last year and when he finally acknowledged in March that he wasn't quite right. To me, that's the difference maker. If you, if you're a shooter and you can't shoot, what, I mean, doesn't that explain everything? So to me, that's that's what stands out. It's not Austin Matthews at 26 suddenly woke up and his feet hit the floor and he's like, I'm going to do this differently now. Or he feels like he's armed with an incredible contract to uh, to go out there and play comfortably. He's already had that. Uh, to me, it's, you know, maybe maturation and comfortability are two, you know, sort of facets along the way. But the only line that I can draw from one season to the next and, and watch how that line got broken in between its its health. Mm. Yeah, um, and and maybe the the conversation for the world's best player is back on. I know we, you and I had uh, many discussions about two years ago and the and the Hart Trophy. Uh, debate between mm -hmm. he and, and Connor McDavid. We're starting that again on October 16th. <sighs> Why not? Why not? Wow. Why not? I, mean, <laughs> I just want to, I would just like it noted that I was not the one who dragged us here after back-to-back -back <laughs> hat tricks. I, I, I don't know. He, he, he's, he's playing legitimately on the penalty kill now, like it's happening. I got, and, and yes, it's it's a two-game sample, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm on high alert to, to to get back into the conversation. I understand Connor McDavid just, you know, he saw Austin Matthews score six. He was like, yeah, I'll do that. And then did it. Um, but yeah, his, his team's own too. It should also be mentioned. Um, I don't know. I, I, is it, that's going to become a thing, isn't it? I, I, for me, I mean, I just raised it. Oh, by the way, his team's own <laughs> too. And they lost to the Canucks twice. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay. Can you win Here's with them, what I Frank? would say. He's got a long way to go and it's not just points, but like, if you consider Austin Matthews career, best year, heart trophy year, 60 goals, even taking that season and transporting it to last year, Let's say he has 60 again. McDavid also had 60 plus last year. Mm -hmm. He's beaten Matthew's goal total and 
Matthews would have been like almost 50 points back. 50. It's not all about points, but we're talking about a lot. a player on the NHL, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, because I'd be on, I'd be lying if I said when we breach the topic of 70, if that is what it would take to kind of re-engage this. Because I feel like even with the, it's funny. But, with Okay, so let's say he has 70. Yeah, okay? I, I'm Let's just you. give let's, him 70. Let's, wow, I'll take it. Okay, so we'll give him 70 and, and McDavid scores 66. Right. And has 46 more points. Are we? Is it really going to be a conversation? Well, what if, what, what what if the Leafs, Leafs run away yeah, with the Atlantic say, and yeah. the Oilers are skittery because yeah. they're bad goaltending? Does that make it a conversation? Uh, it might, but by the way, like, and not for nothing, I know the Leafs have won twice. Like, Ilya Samsonov has not exactly bathed no. himself in glory in uh, these first two games. Yes, thank so God let's, for Matthews. Well, before we start th- throwing around rocks here, <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's let's call a spade a spade. Yeah. Well, to that point. Um, and it, it's been goaltending for sure. It, it's been, yeah, Leafs having issues within their own zone and in the, the season debut was some notable gaffes by defensemen. It's only two games, you know, talking about Matthew's goal potential, ah. but it's also, it's only been two games talking about the, the style of play that the Leafs are maybe intent on playing this year. Does it look like this is a more run and gun Leafs team to you? Not really. It looks like the first week of the season and everyone's hair is absolutely on fire. That's what it looks and feels like to me. Yeah, I'm there. I'm there with you. I don't think that this is a different style. I think that there is a there are a few players on this team that maybe push things in a slightly different direction, but I think the spine of this team is still so similar and, and the same guy coaching it. It's the same goal. Tech. Like, I do think that I, I'm with you there. I think that things will kind of normalize. I don't think this is back to the, you know, six, uh, five, six goal a night uh, Leafs. I do want to drill down on you with the Oilers a little bit. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're joking here, but it's an 8-1 loss to start the season and, you know, no one at Edmonton wants to hear it, but just throw that one away that's a team coming out flat it is what it is but then you lose the next one we know bad starts can spiral uh we know it way too well here in toronto people were calling for sheldon keith's head each of the last two years how long of a kind of uh of a road here do the oilers have to kind of get things on track before people really start panicking in edmonton i think a pretty decently long road like toronto half marathon long road Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, you you consider these last two regular seasons. So this is Jay Woodcroft's third season, right? Yep. The first one he took over February 9th, 2022 or 10th, they were outside of a playoff spot, went to the conference final last year around the all-star break. The Oilers were just kind of getting by. Mm. I think they were in one of the last playoff spots and didn't really look too good. I know they closed the regular season on a 14-0-1 run. But and that kind of masked how difficult these last couple years have been in the regular season. It hasn't been easy. They've had to grind for every bit of it. So to think that which by the way not, you know, giving the Oilers a pass by any stretch of the imagination. I've been saying for the last month, hey, the Canucks are pretty good. So they might just be a pretty good team. It's not, oh, you lost to the Canucks. Like, I think the Canucks are a playoff team this year. Mm. So, you know, you you smash all those things together. I don't think there's going to be much panic in Edmonton internally. I think there will be some from the fan base the longer it drags on if you don't start to see results. But 
I think you're already seeing some kind of pushback already, which is a good thing, a positive sign. Just look at the opening minute of Saturday's game. Five shots on goal and and just absolutely a rambunctious opportunity and score in the first 42 seconds. Yeah, it was so, a... Sorry, that was sorry. after an eight-one loss, so it's not like you're looking at a team going, "Oh, this is one that doesn't have a pulse." Yep, that's it's true. It is all you ever want to see after a team comes out flat is to come out kind of shot out of a cannon. They did do that, uh, unable to get the result they wanted, but that that is true. Um, you know, I hate this conversation when it's about a guy who plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but when it's literally anywhere else, I love it. What's Leon Dreisaitl's next contract going to look like? He's at 8-5 for this year and next. They can start having that conversation that the Leafs are going to have with Marner this offseason of extending him. I mean, as far as value goes, you know, I think Jack Hughes has the best value contract in the NHL because of how yep, long it is. He's the new Nathan McKinnon. Right, exactly. But for a while, that's kind of been Dreisaitl with what he's been doing on this deal. Uh, what do you think the next contract looks like for him? And uh, do, you, do, you, do you think the deals we've seen with McKinnon and Matthews, how much do those affect that? Yeah, I think it probably helps set a bar. I mean, he's probably somewhere in the 13s yeah. in an AAV, and I don't think anyone bats an eye at that. And I don't think it's going to be too prohibitive either because essentially what you're doing and looking at is the increases that we're going to see year over year. We're going to see a $4 million jump or $4.5 million jump, and then the year after another 5% on top of that. Both these numbers, according to the CBA that's written, you know, you're taking the $4 million this year and you're applying that to Connor Brown's bonus. And then the following year, you're <laughs> basically just tacking it on to Dreisaitl's number and everything's all well and good. So mm-hmm. I don't think the Oilers are stressing about it. I don't think there's really any question that McDavid and Dreisaitl aren't going to be together. There's only one place on planet Earth that 97 and 29 can play, and that's in Edmonton. One team might be able to afford one of them. Mm-hmm. No team can afford two of them that doesn't already have it in place. So that's really kind of what you're looking at for the Oilers moving forward. And I don't, yeah, does 13 sound fair? And, and by the yeah, way, I wanted does. to back you up to what you were saying. Eight and a half for Drysdale. Remember when those contracts were signed? Oh, yeah. And everyone was going, these are the worst two deals in the league, this and Pasternak. Can't <laughs> believe it. Those Both these guys way overpaid. Mm. Uh, I don't know. One just has a heart trophy in his case now. And the other one has multiple 50 goal seasons. Yeah. I don't, Not I don't, bad. yeah, we I, should all remember that when William Nylander maybe gets paid, oh. although he's a different stratosphere than those guys. Well, I mean, we said the same thing about William Nylander's, but it's all contract. relative. Yep. Just back it, not... back it up to the percentage of cap. It's, it's the same thing is yeah. we're having the same conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the conversation going to be around the, the Sabres and their big contracts handed out to guys that obviously have great potential and uh, have performed at, at, at uh, an NHL level, uh, admirably well, and who wouldn't want to lock up a couple of seemingly number one defenseman in, in Darlene and power to, to long-term deals. They're also 0-2 and haven't mm-hmm. even made the playoffs. You want to talk about unproven. I mean, that is the, the team riding the NHL's longest playoff drought at 12 seasons. What, what's the level of risk with what the Sabres are doing? Close to zero. And I'll explain, because we just had this conversation about Jack Hughes and Pasternak and Dreisaitl and that's signing these two premier defensemen at at pretty much reasonable numbers and the cap is going to be $100 million in short order. You can write this down, put it in Sharpie. 
in two years' time, the Buffalo Sabres will be the beasts of the East. There is no better team positioned in the Eastern Conference to win a Stanley Cup in two seasons and beyond than Buffalo. Yeah, I don't... I don't necessarily disagree with anything, especially given what I expect power to become, what Darlene has already shown, and the fact that they both took the long deals. I suppose with power, he left one year on the table there. I was told, or at least it's been hypothesized, mm. that Matthews was a trendsetter. Mm-hmm. Other guys in the league were going to start to do this. Other guys maybe who didn't play for the Toronto Maple Leafs were going to do this. Is any guy ever going to do this, and how much does the cap going up change the dynamic of that. You know, I, I have wondered about Pedersen, if maybe he's that guy, but I also wonder if the cap going up just allows these guys to see, okay, I can get my money and I don't need to be so afraid of locking myself into a long-term deal. Security is pretty powerful. I mean, take Tage Thompson, for instance, and it's all about timing and when you approach these guys. This is someone coming off of a, I think it was a 37-goal year. Yeah. Somewhere and we're right going, there. I'm sitting here going, oh, that, that was pretty impressive, but I want to see that again. And he's six foot seven, and I'm like, can this guy, if he just hits 37 again, that deal is is a bargain. But it to to reach to 50 and get close to that number, like you're like, come on. And he's he's under eight million bucks. Mm-hmm. They're laughing with that contract, but you had to approach Tage Thompson at a moment in time, late bloomer. That you said, how does $50 million sound? I bet And then he good. says, huh, well, I never have to work again after this. And it could all go sideways. And I could blow out my knee. I mean, just come up with the list of reasons as yeah. to why you'd want to say yes. Mm-hmm. There's only so few people that are really willing to shoulder the risk. And when you attack that profile, which the Sens have done really well with their f- core guys that they've locked up, the Sabres now have all their guys – you look at these deals and you say, oh, man, uh, what's the risk? My answer is zero. What's the worst that happens? These guys, someone gets hurt and you put them on LTIR? I mean, they don't make the playoffs again. 13th straight year. I mean, or the, I mean win, win but, a hockey game. How about but look at, look at their group. They're going to get there. Yeah. If it's not this year, it's going to be the year after. So I, I'm not too worried about it. No, me neither. And if you're a Sabres fan, it's what you want. It's just, yeah, it hasn't quite come together yet. Um, all right, before we let you go, it's Connor Bedard Day here in the city of Toronto. Frank, yes, it is. We, we just earlier played the clip of Taylor Hall saying, boy, he's doing a lot of these in-game interviews, and he's it, it's he's never going to be the one to tell them to stop, but like maybe they should ease up on that. I wonder if that's a shot across the bow, and, and maybe not to the NHL, but maybe – to, to Blackhawks ownership that, hey, maybe we need to step in here and and, oh and thwart God. this. Like, well, I, 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 <laughs> I knew I, he would say this. <laughs> I, it's making me nervous. Like, how could it can't happen on Toronto Day, can it? This 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 league and all the fans <laughs> yes, crack Frank. me up. Yes, Frank. It's unbelievable. So on one hand, we have a whole subsection of fans that are absolutely banging their head against the wall saying, you guys are idiots. You don't market your stars enough. There's no personality. We never hear from these guys. We don't know anything about them. I'm telling you, I was at Bedard's first game <laughs> last week, and I tweeted, Connor Bedard has his first NHL point. The responses in my feed were, shut up, we're sick of Bedard, we hate hearing about this guy, we've had enough. And I'm, I'm looking at myself going, is this real life? What is happening right now? This is the most exciting player to enter the league since Austin Matthews, and everyone's sitting here going, you're an idiot, stop talking about him. I, I just, 
You cannot have it both ways. You cannot suck and blow at the same time. Mm. <laughs> Phenomenal. I knew you were going to go there. I didn't know exactly how passionate you would be about it, but I, I knew that is exactly the direction uh, you would think you would take things. Frank, uh, thank you so much for jumping on with us today. Really appreciate it there, man. And I, I'll leave you with this. I'm mm. just looking at the numbers. Please. Austin Matthews is shooting 46% from the field. Yeah. Sustainable. Say, as I said. No, it's sustainable. Good. No, he's, he's going to do that all season long, I think. 50-50. We'll, we'll see. He already did that. I know. That's old news. Again. All right. Uh, see you, Frank. See you, guys. Frank Sarvelli, president of hockey content for dailyfaceoff.com. This insider is brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit donvalleynorthlexus.com. I love that. Yeah, like... I'm not saying he should stop doing it. I'm not saying I'm You're sick actually of Connor, terrified it's going to happen. Yeah, I want more. I, I'm, I'm, and I'm on board with the NHL. And if the Blackhawks are on board as well, deciding, hey, you know what's good for everybody yeah. is if the NHL is more popular and if this kid is what we all expect him to be, people knowing who the hell he is if they've never watched a hockey game before. Yeah, I think I also think they're very different things, though. The more I've been thinking about this, right? Frank is right. Go look at all the other leagues. They sell their players, and they do. But, like, is Victor Wembanyama putting on a headset in Summer League and doing, I don't, Probably not, right? Mm. Now, I think there's a massive difference between putting Bedard on McAfee where you are. I, again, I don't know what, I don't think anyone's going to watch this 19-year-old guy be going, oh, gee, ah, shucks, thanks for having me here and go, oh, my God, I have to watch him play hockey. But good on you for pushing him out there. But I think there's a massive difference between pushing him to non-hockey fans and pushing him to somebody watching a Blackhawks game. They're yeah. probably already invested. And, like, should he do it? Yes. Doesn't need to be the way the Leafs were handled, where they're a myth, and you just see them on the ice, and it's <laughs> like no one can talk to them, no one can look at them. They're basically Allen from the hangover in the gas station. They're like, don't even touch at it. Don't look at it. But I think that you have to walk the fine line there, and that's why I think it's great you push him out to non-hockey audiences, but you can probably start to, after tonight, no, ease him back just a hair. No way. More, more. more. Well, the other part of this as well is that you also don't, you want to illuminate him, but remember what he is. <laughs> the more you push him out there, the more people, people are going to like, go, oh, okay, yeah, he's just man. another hockey robot. Cool. Good. Okay, good. No, <laughs> really, it. honestly, it's great because he does seem like another yeah, hockey yeah, robot. Of course. Uh, uh, of course. There's one guy. <laughs> there's one guy who's not a hockey robot. He's had hat tricks and back-to-back games yeah. to start the season. And I know, guess but what? even he is like, I, I'm going for Halloween as a hockey robot because that's what he does in these post-game media. Oh, come on. Now. The Freddie Mercury costume was great. When, yeah, you right. did that. Yeah, but, he, and, and they kept the mustache for forever after yeah. that. And, it, and it's in there. But guess what? Mm-hmm. We haven't found the way, and it's part We're of the buttoned-up culture it. of the sport, and mm-hmm. part of it is that guy's privacy and all that. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, that's the guy. The one that you want doing it is the guy that's here because he is the one guy who does actually feel a little different. Yeah, Wemby is also doing it, though. Like Wemby, is it, Okay, that's why I, I did not say it. I mm-hmm. asked the question. You know what else he's doing is, like, not did leaving you, the floor and, like, dunking the, from the free throw line. Like, that, <laughs> that video, if you've not seen it, so Thomas Bryant is the name of the player on the Heat who is standing. I cannot, I cannot put... I, this has to be described. So restricted area on the basketball court. It is the little semicircle under the hoop that you have to be above for charging, yada, yada, yada. Thomas Bryan is pretty much planted right on that line. And Wemby, almost like it's me, like reaching over my wife if I need to get a cup out of the cupboard. Like, oh, watch out, honey. Let me just grab that over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Except he crammed it on Thomas Bryan's head. And then he gave a look to the bench that I think is just 
that's what it's like playing against that guy. What am yeah. I what am I supposed to do here? There's, and there's nothing you're supposed to do. Just take it. Literally, like for a guy that can shoot the three as proficiently as he can, there, there's no defense. Like, well, the three pointers don't get blocked either way. But yeah. like, yeah, if you literally can just spot up, just shoot over anybody yes. in the NBA, it is unstoppable. I mean, can he stay healthy at that size? That I is, don't know. I am. I would just like to be wholly on record that we should all enjoy the. Six and a half-ish years we're going to get out of this because a man that big, and I know they've done a lot of work on his limbs and his all the stretching. Like, they've done, a, they've been very smart about the way. Uh, boy, do I. But they've been smart about the way they built him up. Like, it's not been, it's all been body weight stuff, yeah. plyo mechanics, or all that kind of stuff. And there's been smart about it, but I just refuse to believe that that body can continue yeah. to exist. There's Physically. a reason LeBron is the machine that he is. He looks yeah. like one. Yeah. And there's a reason, and obviously very different players, but Sean Bradley has the health issues he has. Yeah. You build more like one than the other can yeah. be a problem. I don't know if you can be that height and not look like a stick figure. That's just <laughs> mathematics. Like, anyways. Hey, speaking of the Gumby. NBA, by the way, um, Jeremy and Mississauga alerting me to the fact, well, okay, I knew Sheldon Keefe, also born on September 17th on the uh, text line, Jeremy and Mississauga. But Kawhi Leonard, also Something born in the water. On, and I'm just taking, I didn't look that up, but, and, and good one, Jeremy, if it's not true, but like, he got I'm a fun you. guy. Yeah. It's a fun day. So, or nine months before that. Yeah, was. okay. That's it. When nine months before September 17th is December 17th. So, what is that? That's like Christmas time ish. You know, a lot of times, that's like the last, depending on your work schedule, that could be like the last Friday, and then you have a little time. Mm. Christmas party <laughs> and season. It's not day to day. Like, so there's some. No, because the Trey there. Turner thing showed us that it is day to day. Yeah. Because he had nine months to the yeah. day, had a kid after getting 300 sheets. Yeah. That is interesting. September uh, 17th. Like, who's not going to now, like, well, organize the their, 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 <laughs> you, there's. Day I, night <laughs> is booked. Uh, I, I didn't, I don't want to get too specific here, right. but like, when you're in the business of, Making a child. Like, that's yes. you and your how, partner have how decided. Do you think somebody wants to explain that? Well, there? there's some birds okay. and there's some bees. Okay. And those two have sex. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, you're, there's, like, a, a, there's an amount of planning yeah. that does take place. And Thank God I didn't know this before I had a kid. Yeah. And and I, listen, anyone that's read Malcolm Gladwell can tell you that. Outliers. Yeah. There's a that's certain. That's actually a terrible birthday. Time of the year <laughs> Where it's it's uh, it's beneficial for a child to be born if they want to be at least in this country a hockey player. Yeah. I, I, you're right. September That's is like date. late. It's it's you want to be born in February, early you want January, in the year. February up and March. It's like you're you're pushing it if you're a March baby. Yeah, my kid was born September 29th. That's pretty close. But again, you were born what and the 27th? I'm yeah, so terrible athlete. Uh, so you, don't you know, know what? To do you know what it probably comes down to. If you're if you're touched by God the way yeah. those guys are, yeah, <laughs> probably birth dates yeah. don't have anything yeah. to do with it. And I know we're not including Victor Wembanyama in this, but he could have been he could have been born on February twenty. Oh, I guess that is a good birth date we said, but it wouldn't matter when that alien was born. He was mm. going to find a way to be good at basketball. So there you go. Uh, you know who's good at comedy? The oh, dynamic. I, I actually do know yeah. this. The dynamic duo of John Mulaney, Pete Davidson. Coming to Casino Rama Resort on November 9th, we are giving away tickets all week long to enter. All you have to do is tune in to episodes of the Fan Morning Show. Listen for the code word, then text the code word to 59590. Today's code word is John. Text John to 59590 right now to enter for your chance to win. We will be giving away another pair of tickets tomorrow, but if you don't win with us, 
Secure your tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. When we come back, more Leafs as we get you set for Connor Bedard Day down at Scotiabank Arena. It's the morning show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Ben Annis, Brent Gunning. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkers Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Yeah, you got me. All right, okay. It's a Rube. <laughs> September 17th is Austin Matthews, Alex Ovechkin, Sheldon Keefe, but it, it it's not Kawhi Leonard. Good one, Jeremy from Mississauga. You put your name behind it, too. Put your name on it. <laughs> no. I just... I, <laughs> I bought a hook, line, and sinker. No, I'm not that easy to get. Like, uh, I could have taken no. a modicum of time to just, like, even just... All you have to do is type Kawhi Leonard's name into your Google I was search about, bar. I was really contemplating texting something in in the break to see if I could get you. <laughs> no, <laughs> Kawhi born no. June 29th. Everyone knows Bill and Coburg's me, so I couldn't even get you. So. <laughs> yeah, so I was wrong. Okay, so I end up... Maybe maybe you're less inclined to to talk to your significant other about December seventeenth being the time that you because you know, of Kawhi get in the lab yeah because like Kawhi was the last oh yeah the guy who the guy who won uh, a chip and now is like I'm good on playing basketball yeah. ever again thanks uh, yeah yeah maybe he, removing him is actually buoying the mm, equation he's pretty great it's a lot of hockey guys are like I don't like that guy mm. <laughs> yeah, you're Off right too much yeah no you're right there is a certain type of player that now, honestly right. there's a person yeah. there is nothing that could have been better for Kawhi's legacy mm-hmm. than because how many people were locked in in the chip and they loved it and now he doesn't exist anymore and it's just wholly perfect in that mind of a warrior who mm. battled and gritted his teeth to the end versus a guy who like just imagine he resigns and hey they have a chance to run it back and win but then we also would have had the last yeah. two years of I can't and man I will say the, the narrative has kind of kind of gotten away from the Kawhi thing and I know part of the the NBA season a big part of it and this, especially now like there's the the league office is talking about how now there's no evidence to support load management that they want everybody's goal to be playing 82 games and there's these incentives for playing more than yeah. 70 games. And Kawhi Leonard being the poster child for not doing mm-hmm. that, but he is the guy that has the legitimate injury. Sure. I do think like that this conversation does not necessarily apply to him. He almost didn't play in one of those playoff games against the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Final well, in in 2019. These other guys, and I also do think there's a misnomer on. not to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, we're yeah. going to talk Leafs because yeah, they I got know. Connor Bedard in town. Yeah. But now that we're talking, I dragged about us it, here. I know. I, yeah, but the. There's this belief that it's the players that are initiating this. It's the teams and it's the owners and understanding that the investment is is in the postseason and championship being more important than the 82-game regular season. It's the organizations that need to have the thinking change, not the players. The players want to play. I think for the most part they do. I also think that it's a bit of a snake-eating-itself situation where the more you condition your players to believe that they need rest and they need days off, that maybe they at a certain point actually start to believe yeah. it. And or do maybe I, do need it. Do need it. And do I think Kawhi Leonard did everything in his power to play every minute of basketball he could for the Toronto Raptors in 2019? A million percent. Do I think he did that for the Clippers in every minute since? Zero percent. Mm. So that like there's a middle ground there. Does Kawhi well, need a lot of the time he needs off? 1,000% he does. But I don't you even can't agree with me. that. No, you don't agree with that. No, because even in the postseason, he's suffered catastrophic injuries, right? Like, he, this guy knows how bad it can get. Yeah. 
Like right. the proof is in the pudding. He hasn't stayed healthy. Yeah, you're right. He's okay. doing he's doing his best. It's, okay. it's, it's it right. sucks. He's you're just right. he's like kind of a he's a star crossed person uh, and and an athlete. All right, Leafs <laughs> and Chicago Blackhawks. There you go. Connor Bedard. What do you mean? There you go. I didn't even. I, there was no segue. I didn't. No, do a I segue. just mean like we are back to oh, what I we are. We are away from me dragging us to the depths of hell, talking about Kawhi Leonard and how bad his boo boo is. I thought you were giving no, me credit no, for my radio yeah, for segue. Going, Leafs. No, you don't get credit for that. Okay. You don't get credit for Good Morning catching on in yeah. our beloved Burlington, which I hate you for. Oh, yeah. and you don't get credit for a non segue. Mm. All right, people out there in the world, try, try. Bringing good morning to to the forge. Try it yourself. See if see if you get some people giving you a good morning in return. We'll see. Uh, all right, Leafs uh, and Blackhawks tonight, and the the lines that they finished Saturday's game mm-hmm. with looks like the lines that they're going to start today's game with, which makes some sense naturally because hey, we all thought Tavares and Nylander probably need somebody a little more defensively responsible, mm-hmm. Max Domi. They have someone now in, in Kelly Yarncroke mm-hmm. who jumped up into, into that top six on Saturday. And down goes Max Domi into the Fraser Mitten, Matthew Nye's line. Fourth line remains unchanged. Defensive pairings remain unchanged as well. Um, that's, I, I guess, you try it out. And, and part of our discussion in previewing this team mm-hmm. and how the lines might work is wondering if, Domi's not in the top six. Where is he? And yep. I, I guess this is a, a different look third line than we're probably going to have in a number of days when it turns into just a one of the two punt lines that the Leafs have at the bottom of this lineup. But uh, yeah, that's that's a scary proposition for a 19-year-old defenseman playing in his third game or a 19-year-old centerman playing in his third game. Yeah, to, uh, you know, I don't want to overstate it. I think Nyes is pretty responsible. He's not a selkie guy by any means, but I think he's pretty responsible. But to have to be part of the defensive conscience of your line when you're supposed to be out there to be kind of playing to a certain extent free and and, and loose, yeah, it's not what you want. Uh, I On the flip side of things, though, if you want to get Fraser Minton, you know, like we've talked about the idea of leaving on a positive or right. just, you know, having a positive, say what you will about Max Domi and there are plenty of be things to be said. He's a really gifted passer and is someone who does have a good offensive mind. So if you're just looking at that as a line that you explicitly start in the offensive zone and you try to shelter him in that regard, and it is with the mindset of getting those guys going. The other part of this as well is that Matthews has two hat tricks through the first two games. So you can't touch the top line because no. it would have been just as easy. You could flip Bertuzzi and Domi and not that Bertuzzi is some selkie guy either but it's a different element of a player it's a more physical one so I think that that is also an option this team has available to them I don't think it changes things but I like the way that line looks now though well that's what you like it with the top line yeah the top line yeah exactly you can't touch it right now because Bertuzzi Matthews and Martin look so good but I do think there's a world where you just flip Domi and Bertuzzi and you try to look at it that way of trying to shake things up not now because of how it's going but I think that when Keefe was looking at this saying okay if Domi Tavares and Willie doesn't work where does he go next and I think in his mind's eye it was probably you go to the top line but the top line looks too good is there any scenario in which you've Put Max Domi up the middle when Fraser Minton waves goodbye, and I mean that's that's not a punt line, but that's yeah, and again a line that needs some more defensive conscience on his wings. It it it, it allows Matthew Nyes an opportunity to, to play on a more yeah. offensively focused line, and this is obviously a player that's played up the middle with limited results, mm-hmm. especially defensively throughout the course of his career. But yeah, he's is playing center is not like it's not like the William Nylander thing where yeah, I know he did it for the Marlies, mm-hmm. but has essentially never done it at the NHL level. That's not the deal with Max Domi. No, he's done it. Uh, I don't think again if you're looking at it from an offensive perspective and. 
I think this all depends on what the Leafs view their regular season as. If they view it as they've got to be dominant from start to finish and go win the Atlantic and win it running away, then maybe they don't look at it this way. But if they look at it as a bit of a long training camp and figuring out the best version of themselves for the playoffs, if you're going to try Max Domi up the middle because you don't like what you're getting out of Minton and you need to move on from that, I honestly think it should be with Nick Robertson on the other side of that wing. Like if you're just looking at it from a let's get, let's see what he can do offensively. Obviously it's not a punt line. It's the exact opposite where they're all offense all the time. But now you got, now it's interesting. Why wouldn't like, why would you put Pontus Holmberg there instead or Noah Gregor? Obviously it wouldn't be Ryan Reeves in that spot unless you feel like they need the protection, but I don't think Nyes and Domi need that. I think they could take care of themselves. So if you're going to do that, I think you have to go full bore and go Robertson. And I just, just knowing what we know about, Oh, Sheldon Keefe, this that, feels like a tough sell. It does, but I and and not that you should make any decisions over the, the on the basis of two hockey games or three for that matter. But yeah, if you were in a position like the Edmonton Oilers are, where you you start the season with two straight losses, and yeah, you you got to win a hockey game, and they're going to be fine. They're going to be in the playoffs, and they're going to be one of the contenders in the Western Conference. But it, it it changes the impetus of these early season games. Now that you've built like the little bit of equity that you have mm-hmm. in, in winning this too. Like, shouldn't this regular season be about, okay, getting yourself ready for the postseason, especially second mm-hmm. half of it beyond the trade deadline, but also like getting Austin Matthews as many goals as possible, yes. seeing what you have as far as the line combinations and experimenting a little bit. What I, I don't see the harm in that. Isn't that part of why Fraser Minton's here in the first place? That The reason why, in my opinion, Fraser Minton's here is because I think that this team looked at it and they said, okay, we know what Max Domi looks like as a center. We know what Noah Gregor does. We know what Pontus Holmberg does. We know what David Camp does. And we think, in the grand scheme of things, even Treliving Tr- told us as much. When he said these guys typically go back, that they knew this is how it's going to go. But the one chance, I suppose you could say Nick Robertson represents the other chance, but the one chance that this team had to have an exponential leap in their forward group, to have another difference maker added to the equation was Minton hitting in that role. Now, clearly that's not happening, so you want to move on there, but that's why I think they went that route, and that is why I think they're going to be very cautious about what they do with Nick Robertson because I don't think they want him getting yo-yoed. I think in a perfect world, they want him to do the old Babcock Red Wings thing, over-marinate down there and then come up when you got 18 goals in 26 games or whatever it is, and then then you're a a fixture. But they've tried that plan a million times. It just never seems to work. But I think they're going to be really, really cautious of of yo-yoing Robertson. I I just, that's, I mean, now... Now you that I said interested. it, you want it. Yeah, not because that's super interesting. Well, it's, I mean, it's a, it's your power forward, it's your playmaker, it's your sniper. I yes. know that's not how it works. Like, you know, chemistry isn't that simple, but... It does in video games. Well, it does in video games, and it also does on your top line, where right. you have your playmaker, your power forward, and I know the center <laughs> is also the power forward on that line, because right. Ma- Matthews does it all, but yeah, yeah kind of works when you have those elements together. You can see all the pieces fit together. You can also see them being dash three after the first period. Yeah, you could, but I I don't know. Wouldn't you be willing to roll the dice in game three or, you know, game four? Once once they have decided the Minton conversation or experiment has run its course, then I am totally fine with trying that. I just think they're going to probably try the Holmberg thing first and see if that but, can but, happen. But don't we know what that is, though? It's about, but it's, we know I what think, David Camp on a third line looks like. I think like, it's and, about, I, I, all th- I think it goes back to if it's not going to be Minton, the only chance this forward group has outside 
out of a trade to add a body that could potentially be a bit of a difference maker is if Nick Robertson joins this group and is what he is supposed to be, a guy who has that shot and can give you some offense. And that's why I think they're going to be so hesitant to yo-yo him. And that's why I don't think it's going to be fifth game of the season that he's back up here. I I could be wrong. And I honestly, from a entertainment perspective, would love to be wrong. That's so much more entertaining, but I just think that they're going to really slow play it with him because they, they don't want the false starts that he's had a million times. Some of it, his fault, some of it health. You know, who was embarrassingly wrong. Uh, any of us that talked about the Maple Leafs trying the William Nylander up the middle thing in earnest, like, well, they were wrong. They lied. yeah, Yeah. I think they were just liars. Yeah, because the more we've seen of Minton, and we all liked him, they couldn't have seen yeah, it. Yeah, the they're like, well, this is guy, this is taking us off our our number one plan. Like, give me a break. And then you're using the like the limited. How many games did Nylander play up the middle in preseason? A game, game and a half. A game and a half because halfway through they said, "Hey, this isn't working. Got him back to the is, So that was enough to to tell you that it wasn't going to work. But like, that's not even one of the top five I possibilities. Honestly, you know what? I'm going the other way that I think that's their internal joke of they want <laughs> him to sign a lifetime contract as a leaf. And they want, they have like a bet going of Sheldon's like, I bet by the time I'm done here, I can get them to buy on it for seven seasons. <laughs> and that's the bet. I like to, cause honestly it makes no sense. Cause we've done this dance a million times and it ends after a period and a half seemingly every time. Yeah. That, that one's not coming back. It, it does feel like the Fraser Minton experiment is has a, a very limited shelf life and, and the, the next move from there is one that's not overly exciting, unless it is Max Domi up the middle of Nick Robertson. And that's exciting way. always. <laughs> uh, before we go, so uh, Jeremy from Mississauga is now, he's uh, a mea culpa. He said, totally messed that up. He shares my birthday, my bad. Biggest apologies. All right. Come on, Jeremy. That's not even close. You're just Duh. selfish thinking about yourself. <laughs> like, yeah, you yeah. know, we're all the same guy. Me, Kawhi, Austin Matthews, whoever else was lumped into this conversation mm. that I've already forgot about, and you, Jeremy and Miss Saga, all the same dude. I want it to be known here, okay? Because we're all getting to know each other in this mm. time slot. I can't be had on the text line with whatever thing you th- you you tell me is fact, okay? You, but they got you. I'm on red alert. Jeremy ruined it for the rest of you, okay? Next time somebody tells me something, I'm not going to believe it is fact. I'm going to get you this week. <laughs> Making it my goal. No chance. All right. Enjoy the hockey game. Good morning. Good morning.